Welcome back to the Kenny Chester Podcast. I am your host, Kenny Chester, and today I am excited about this episode. I am actually joined by another friend. He's been on the podcast before. He did not want to be known as the trans man and or the trans expert, and so we've got him back on here to talk about some other things. My my good friend, the one and only James Crocker, also my co-host on Pros Before Bros. If you haven't checked out my other podcast where we talk about books, me and James are there on a weekly basis, and we're talking about books. We just recorded an episode that's going to be releasing later this week encourage you to check that out after you finish this episode it's going to be a good episode we're going to talk about uh, politics a little bit we're going to talk about uh, the global pandemic no telling what we're going to talk about i just think you need to buckle up let's get to work i don't know it seems to me that he shouldn't be saying that well what is it that you want him to say shut him down Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sitting across the desk from my good friend, James Crocker. What's good, man? <laughs> A little throwback over to the pros podcast. That's how we always We like to keep them guessing. Uh, <laughs> we like to keep them, keep them guessing around here. Um <laughs> We just recorded a uh, a pros bros, and uh, we we I I have so some of you uh, that are that know me personally, um, I've taken I've recently taken on some uh, some new work, and for the last couple months I've been uh, working a lot more outside of the house, and uh, actually this past week been doing a lot of traveling, so I wasn't able to record for the I guess it was the third week of December. The, yeah, I think that's right. Um, so going to be releasing this hopefully Monday morning, the week of Christmas, and get maybe get another one rec- uh, put out there. I was on a two-post-per-week schedule there for a long time, and then, you know, how life happens when you start traveling for the summer and all that stuff. It kind of slowed down then. And so uh, I had recorded a bunch while we were in Poland, and when I came back, we, we needed to record some pros, bro, so I asked uh, James to be on the episode uh, with me on the KCP, and uh, we wanted to have him back on before that we did and we wanted to have him on before the first time we did when we were doing our culture in crisis but it was just it made the most sense to have him on <laughs> and uh returning champ uh of, of transgender rights <laughs> or wrongs hello <laughs> is james crocker so uh, what's been going on since then well uh I've thought very little about transgender issues since that last <laughs> podcast, since that's not the normal part of my life. <laughs> I have to reiterate this over and over. Um, as a former trans... <laughs> that don't even make sense. As a former... Okay, well, you, you get it. Oh, the joke has played out, Chester. I get yes, it. Yes, it, it has played out. Stop, <laughs> stop beating that dead horse. <laughs> oh, man, I'll probably get a few more in there um, before the night's over. Um, but we're so thankful uh, to be back in the country, getting back in the swing of things, heading into a great Christmas week. You guys got big Christmas plans coming up? Uh, yeah, we, we've got a... We'll have a get-together with my family. Most of my family lives here in the area where we live. We'll all get together uh, later this week. And then, uh, my wife's family is from the Nashville area. So we'll be traveling up there, uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas day, sometime around that and spend a few days up there. So awesome. Be a good time. Something we didn't cover on the pros bro. When I, I don't know, maybe we can hit that on the next episode, but we actually got the old band back together a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah. And, uh, James actually hosted, James has a beautiful house here in North Mississippi. And, um, we've talked about it on the pros bro, uh, uh episodes, um, several times me and James grew up together or about right at teens and preteens is when we met each other, known each other since then. And we had a very, uh, close knit youth group. Um, I guess, man, 
20, 25 years ago now. Oh, man. So it's it's unbelievable. It's, it's been that crazy long. how long it's been. But yeah, yeah and it's so been we're all years or so. Right, so we're all grown now and have wives and kids and that stuff. And so we got the band back together. It probably been probably what did you say ten years or more. I think we did the math on I, it. I think we talked. I think we said maybe twelve. Yeah, twelve, 12 or thirteen years. years since the last time we got everybody back together. And uh, actually, one of my cousins, we were at a Thanksgiving I think at my grandma's, and they mentioned trying. To, he said, "They said, Kenny, would you would you uh, maybe reach out to everybody?" And I was, I'm kind of that guy. Uh, I still had, can you know, I still was in contact with everybody in the group. Um, you know, no no matter how far everybody stretched out uh, over the years. And so we nailed down the ones that we thought might have scheduling conflicts. We got their their dates and then we went from there and bro i'm telling you we had one of the best times uh just reminiscing and i almost did a kcp episode <laughs> that night and i might bring it back uh that same idea i didn't i had the idea too late but the idea was to set up some microphones right here where we record we're recording tonight where we normally record the pros before bros in james's home office here and i thought about just setting up a microphone in there people go in there at any time of during the night that they wanted during that gathering we had about 10 of us here oh, yeah. and uh, go in there press record and tell the most embarrassing Kenny Chester story <laughs> that that they had because all of them have known me for a long time. Some of them in there, of course, my wife and then one of our friends from high school that we introduced to uh, Ramsey, who's also on the Pro uh, Bro um, podcast a couple months ago. She's known me since kindergarten, first grade in kindergarten, and so I was like, tell either the funniest or the most embarrassing story, and I won't listen to them until I record the podcast. I'll play them live for the first time on the podcast, and, and I'll cold reaction. and I will react. I will defend myself. <laughs> I'll set the record straight whatever I got to do so um let me put you on the spot here while, while I've got you on in the hot seat what if I did that and I might burn this one you have to do another one uh what would be either an embarrassing or a funny story that you can tell the KCP audience uh that 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 you've witnessed or you know for a fact it happened and uh or like I said don't have to be embarrassing it could be funny but the embarrassing ones are really the ones that I was I was after <laughs> oh man I don't know you put me on the spot I did and I, I, did. I'm run, I didn't even see that coming like yeah. I, I should have seen that coming oh yeah me? well let me while you're thinking of it let me tell one on you <laughs> <laughs> how did I know that's where this was going <laughs> Hey, you could be talking right now about me, but hey, you put you you. I, I, so this is the one that I told the other night. It's one of my favorite ones, and uh, it's. Can I? Do you care if I tell the? Uh, uh, is this the softball? <laughs> tell it. Just just tell it. Your, hey, your brother has already told that story at every opportunity. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, he's. Uh, it, it, we were both there, and so this is one of the funniest stories um, that I ever personally witnessed. And my my friend, my good friend uh, James Crocker here, uh, we were playing at a church softball league in Blue Mountain, Mississippi, and it was opening night, and so all the teams were there, all the preachers and their wives and their mothers, <laughs> everybody was out on that beautiful fall night. It's a fall uh, league in Blue Mountain, and I'll never forget, so James Crocker was, was a, is a great athlete, or he was back in the day. He, um, back in, uh, this had been early 2000s, I would say? Yeah, it would have been early 2000s. Tearaway wind pants were all the rage. <laughs> And, and if you're unfamiliar with tearaway wind pants, some of our younger listeners out there, they are snap button pants that that snap all the way down from waist to ankle on both sides of the pants. And so, was it the first of bat? Do you remember this much? Was it the first of bat, or was it your first uh, plate appearance of the year, or was it later in the game? I can't remember that part. Well, I, it, I don't. 
It was something. I just know that it was your first game, and everybody was there, and my man blooped one. Now this isn't indicative of his his batting career. James could James could he could he could rock a ball, and 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 but I just remember you like you hit and only got a piece of it, and it was just kind of dribbling through the the infield there. Well, you still you also had a set of wheels, and and you didn't like to give up. You're like I'm going to beat this throw out, and so you took off. And I don't know if you've changed your running style since then but you ran with your thumb straight out which maybe is aerodynamic I'm not sure but I tell you what happens it's not it's not a good situation when you're wearing tearaway pants and my man hung his thumb on one of those loops and went all the way down now most of us would have taken the L grabbed our pants and went back to the dugout not my boy he ran out of his pants beat out the throw and was safe on first base standing in his boxer briefs (laughs) it was I was wearing compression, compression shorts. Yeah. <laughs> There's no difference between compression shorts and boxer briefs. And so I don't I don't want to know what type of underwear you had underneath the compression shorts, but I'm telling you, they look like boxer briefs. And my man's standing over there on first base. Now, here's the thing. Tearaway pants come off quick, but they go on slow. <laughs> Just one button at a time. <laughs> And he stood over there, and there's really no way to do it but just to snap him on. And people are dying laughing. And you, you're on first base, and you button your pants. Was was y'all? You wasn't married yet, was you? Was Holly there? I, I think she. I don't think we were married. I think we were dating. Yeah. And and she had come down and for the weekend, and and she came to the ball game. She was at the ball game. I remember. I remember at the time my pastor's wife was there and I think her mother or the pastor's mother or something. There was a lot of there was some lot of uh Pentecostal hairdos on that that first baseline had <laughs> a, a, a front row seat. That was great. You know, I don't think it's related but you know that that field's not there anymore. They took it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just uh they, I think the next day they brought the dozers out and <laughs> we can't have this on church property. <laughs> yes sir, yes sir. We played it was by moonlight that night I think. It was <laughs> No, I'm joking. <laughs> what a great game. What a great story. Okay, you got an embarrassing story, we're going to move on. L- let's just move on. Let's move on. Okay, I'm <laughs> hey, I'm good with that. I got the better end of the trade on the story swapping there. Okay, so I thought um now that we're back into the swing of things here, um, uh, back in the States talking about, um, political issues or uh, something that we haven't talked about. It probably been over a month now on the KCP that we might, uh, wade off into the weeds when it comes to political stuff and kind of catch the viewers up on what's happening out there. And so there were some, a lot of, um, Developments this weekend. I have a, a, a segment where we call news to me, where I just go through stories that I found personally interesting. There's a lot of things that have happened since over the last month that I have not covered. I remember wanting to talk about the Rittenhouse verdict right before I went to Poland and I didn't get it recorded. And I felt like while I was over there, I was just doing so much other uh, podcasts with, with uh, those guests that I had over there. So I didn't do it. Now I feel like it's too far gone beyond that. And you got the Smollett, the Smollett, or the Smollett verdict as well. And so I thought right now, since when you're talking about political issues or current events, you're dated. And so you have to talk about what's going on right now. And so what's going on right now as we're recording this episode on a Sunday night, hopefully to be released tomorrow, is the newest surge of COVID cases. And so me and James have talked about COVID for over a year now. Since we've been in this pandemic, he is one of the guys that I enjoy talking to about COVID. Now, me and James we have varying opinions on we we agree probably on 80 90% of 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 
the the our stances on on the the pandemic, the causes of the pandemic, um, the, what should be the government response. We we probably agree a hundred percent on most of all of those things. We probably have varying degrees of things, and I, this this podcast isn't about uh, trying to argue or anything like that. I do enjoy debate and arguing, but I just want to get what's that? You don't say. Yeah, I don't say. <laughs> Everybody that knows me that's listening says, "That's right, he does." I'm sorry, no, but um, so let's talk. Let's just talk about right now. Um, and you can take this wherever you want to uh, take it. We could we could talk about the the in my opinion the just the immense failure on the part of the government on part of the health officials. I've talking about that on the on the podcast a lot. But where are you at right now on this newest uh, variant? You know the the new variant that dropped <laughs> the, the last month and and what looks like coming over the horizon. Uh, where where are you at right now, James? Uh, well, so obviously you know we're talking about the Omicron, right. or however we want to pronounce it. But <clears throat> I think if it, it you notice, I mean, we're seeing a surge exactly in certain certain states and certain areas of the country that that very closely mirrors where we were seeing surges at this time last year, mm-hmm. um, which I think just is kind of evidence of the fact that 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 there's a seasonality uh, to COVID, which uh, and and. One one thing that that you know you talked about some failures of of government response is that that I'm afraid we didn't learn anything yep. last year and and that we're fixing to make some of the same mistakes with our response here that we that we made the last time. I agree with that. And when, when you you talk about the same mistakes, you're you're probably talking about the the man like the mask mandates, the shutting down of certain businesses, maybe the distance learning in schools. Is that what you're referring right, to? Yeah. Um. You know. A, an expression or a saying that has really, you know, you've seen everywhere over this past year, year and a half, two years, whatever it is now, is we got to follow the science. Right. We got to follow the science. But I, I don't even think most of the people who say that even understand what that would mean. No. Um, because really, science doesn't go anywhere. You can't follow science. Yeah. Science follows evidence. Right. You know, right. You, you don't follow science. It's not the other way around. There's no set science. Uh, there's a method uh, for for looking at data and looking at evidence and drawing conclusions from that, but we, we follow the evidence. We don't follow the conclusions. Right. The science is the mechanism we use uh, to filter out the evidence and, and draw conclusions from it, like you're saying. I think, I'm trying to remember exactly, it might have been a Shapiro um, idea that was floated out there, and I thought it was brilliant that we have, we've entered into a, a, an era where science is different than the science. The science yes. is almost like a pronoun, like a proper, not a pronoun, a proper name where you capitalize the T and the and the right. S in science. Put a little and, trademark after it. Yeah. Exactly. Because the science is so much, so it's, it's, it's at odds with science. It's become a thing to itself, um, almost to the point of the people that adhere to it is like, you know, they're religious zealots when when they when they say the science. And and so what what I have found is that it's politically motivated. That there's there's political actors that are involved in the science. And when you have like I I don't agree, and I love Brett Weinstein or Weinstein. I always want I always say it the wrong way the first time. I think I love him and his brother Eric. I think they're. Really now he is an actual scientist. Like he, that's what he cut his teeth in. That's what he uh, he was a uh, evolutionary biologist. I think he was teaching at Evergreen in biology. 
Mm-hmm. He's a brilliant guy. Probably should have won um, uh, a Nobel uh, or, or what was the, the the scientific award there when when he talked about the telomeres. I don't know if you've ever heard him on that podcast talk about like the the telomeres, the extended telomeres, and the lab rats. It's, a, it's a, an amazing discovery that he did. This has been years and years ago. He's a brilliant scientist. He's He's engaged in science, and he's got different conclusions. So it's hard for me to take anybody seriously that, quote-unquote, the science is is a monolith that's saying, like, one thing. And when I know that there's contention in the scientific community, and so I don't agree with everything that Brett has has to say about, quote-unquote, the science, but I'm, I'm intellectually honest to know that there's no consensus. Stop telling me that there's a consensus. There's a consensus of, like, political scientists, those that are running government programs. Um, but then, then you understand like, or then you got to think of like, why are they all on the same page? Well, I mean, their, their jobs are attached to money and government grants. And, you know, it's, it's, they're also, if you, if you don't follow the science, but if you follow the money and follow uh, a lot of the paper trails, you realize that their hands aren't clean in gain of function research. And that's a whole nother podcast. But I mean, they 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 are they've got plenty of incentive to lie to us, and I think they have lied to us. They've been right. called in lies, and so I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not as affected by the pleas to follow the science when I have seen the science number one at odds with one another. Good smart scientists and the ostracization of good scientists because they're not. You know, they're, they're not on the reservation. You know, they've got different opinions. I think it's 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 a dangerous place where we've politicized that. Are you are you familiar with Alex Berenson? Yes. You know, Alex Berenson is he's kicked off of Twitter. Right. You know, he, they, they've tried to deplatform, but you know, he still does, does radio shows and he still has a, a Substack website where he publishes these stuff. But you know, he, he's analyzing the data. And if you listen to him, you know, he's not an ideologue. Yeah. You know, he's not taking one hard stance and, and is just twisting things. You know, he's trying to follow the evidence and, 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 you know, determine what is the best practice. You know, but but his voice has to be silenced. Right. But That's what bothers me about the the deplatforming of guys like him and Alex Jones. And Alex Jones was even before the pandemic when they kicked him off all his stuff. My thing is like, and I, I don't have a very favorable view of of uh, Berenson. And it's not because that I it's I don't want to hear what he has to say. I have I felt like there was a couple of times that he was called uh, called in some lies and he didn't do himself any favor. I think I think that him and Fauci and and other guys and they're on extreme opposite ends right. of the thing or whatever. But like I I want a little humility. If the science is, you know, you're supposed to follow the evidence or whatever. I I, I used to do science. When you're wrong, that's okay. Like that's that's a that's that's part of the process is being wrong. We talked about it even on the other podcast tonight, where it's like, okay, let's let's find this theory. Okay, we well, just scrap this theory. It's wrong. So we've right. eliminated how that is. That's part of the process. One of the things that bothers me about Berenson, the same thing with Fauci, and same thing with some of these other guys, Francis Collins of uh, uh, NIH, all these guys. Where is the humility in we got that wrong? And it, Alex Berenson bothers me. Fauci bothers me. There's a couple other guys that, that have bothered me in there. I would rather a scientist say we completely screwed up but on that on that theory, because that is science. It is like scrapping the model. But I felt like I feel like uh, Berenson sometimes he strikes me as a little bit of a grifter. I know I'm not sure. Like I don't know where I'm at on him. But my, my problem with Twitter and how they've done him is that when you and this is something that I've quoted uh, on uh, uh, I think a Pros Bro episode before. When you cut the tongue out of a man, you do not prove him a liar. You only prove that you're scared of what he has to say. Right. And it raises awareness to those issues and I don't I don't 
don't get that. I don't get they did that with Alex Jones. They tried to do it with um who was the other guy? Um oh they've done it with um the Project Veritas guy. Um uh you know who I'm talking about? I know who you're talking the, about. The, the guy that does the undercover stuff. They they I'm like all you're doing is drawing attention to that that thing that you don't want people to hear about. Now people are desiring to hear about it. When you want you know, as as kids you learn. Like if you don't want your brother or your sister in the room, you know, don't mention anything about it. The moment you say, Don't go in my room, that's all they want to do is go in that room. So right. uh, that's kind of where I am on that. I feel like um I I feel it's funny. I feel like the country, there's anxiety like as a country that we're like we're up here, but I have no anxiety at all about the newest surge. I don't know no, where you're at personally. I, I don't tell you, I don't what I what I actually feel about it is is I think that this this new variant from from what I'm hearing, you know, the reports coming out of uh, South Africa and the with you know that it's milder symptoms and those things. Right. This this may be how the pandemic becomes an endemic. Right. And, you know, and this is just the natural progression of what happens with a virus. Right, 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 right. I think, I think you're right at that. I think I, I did, I'm trying to remember how long it was ago. I talked about pandemics and endemics and how, how I feel like we were, were on the, the, the cusp or the, the precipice of that. And one, some good news that we got this week was, um, it was reported, uh, the wall street journal reported, I think Yahoo might've uh, broke it is that the NFL pivots to less COVID testing. They're not going to, they're doing away with weekly, uh, COVID testing for vaccinated players. And I think that's a great sign. I'm not saying that their all their policies are good, but I think people are starting to wise up to the fact that we we have to stop counting cases. We've got to stop counting, um, you know, like we see in these numbers, and this is early on. Me and you talked, we had this conversation a year right. ago when, when, watch what they're counting what they're trying they're, they're selling they're selling fear they're, they're, right. they're selling panic porn and so when they when the deaths drop they don't talk about deaths anymore they talk about cases and and, and just just to the point of, of how politicized the whole thing is which i don't watch any of this but i just hear hear people talking about this where's the death counter on right. cnn I'm going to tell you where, where, why, why it's not there anymore <laughs> is because there's a Democrat exactly. in the White House. <laughs> and, and the problem with that, and since we're here, let's talk about that. The problem with that is when a president-elect or a presidential candidate hangs his hat on the issue, and, and Joe Biden is quoted as saying this, any man who's responsible for that many deaths in a pandemic should not remain president. And uh, to this point right now, Joe Biden has presided over more COVID COVID deaths, and he's had three vaccines. Yes. Trump didn't have the vaccines, you know, and when all these deaths accumulated, you know, he was um, voted out of office in, in November. So he had all this time with no vaccines. Now, it was Trump's Operation Warp Speed that got the vaccines into existence. Well, and now, but Biden has done worse with more tools. And, and here's the thing. I disagree with that as a metric. Right. But I didn't set that metric. Right, he set his own metric. You're when he judged, said that. You're right. You 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 make the standard, and when you judge that person by the standard, that is a biblical concept. It's like you you be careful the judgment that you meet out, because whatever judgment you meet out, that's what you'll be judged right. by. And so, if they judge Trump by the death counters, by the um, the you know by like how severe like it overwhelms the hospital systems, all these things, preparedness or whatever, then you have to wear that. That is your problem to have. And what's funny is, and I, this, I guess I've, I'll probably won't do an episode on this later on because I've, won't, I've had this idea for an episode uh, for a long time as an article. It might have been a National Review article. I can't remember. But it's like, how do you know 
How do you know there's a Democrat in the White House? It's because the president can no longer fail, but we can only fail him. And so the narrative always <laughs> changes when the, uh, the, the opposing party or the, 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 the political party switches or whatever. It goes from the president's fault to the fault of the American people. If you read any mainstream news publications, what you get is, um, well, Biden's trying his best, but these unvaccinated Americans, these red state Americans, these MAGA hat, right. and 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 but my, what I, what I don't understand about that is, okay, so if you're worried, okay, number one, you have the White House, you have the Senate, and you have the House of Representatives. You should you should not be foiled by any political party. You've got it all. You've got all three, right? And here's the thing: they say, well, the Republicans are undermining, you know, the 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 uh, the, the messaging of the vaccine. I'm old enough to remember when Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris were running to be president, and they literally are both on record saying they would not trust a vaccine that was being produced by Trump. Right. I remember which that. Is, which is the same vaccine. The that, same that vaccine. Now. now Another thing about while we're talking about vaccines and messaging, you know, I'm a little skeptical when the CEO of a, of the company that is profiting off of this vaccine comes out and says, what I'm selling is what you need. Right. And we're going to need more and of we're it. We're going to need more of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. That bothers the mess out of me. I think there's, there were so many things that, that have gone wrong with the messaging of this. I think it was, I think it was the, I think And I I don't know if it was Trump messaging original, but I know Biden lately, or or at least when he became president, it would seem like the messaging was, get the vaccine, you don't have to worry about getting COVID. And I don't, that is a terrible selling point if you don't know at the time that the vaccine will prevent you from keeping it. Like, you can be honest with people and say, get the vaccine and it will keep the well, it will keep you out of the which, hospital which or is severe what illness. Which is what they're trying to sell now. Right. But you but can't at, do that after, you can't walk it back. What I think they thought was going to happen was that they thought they had the people scared enough right. that everybody would get, everybody run out and get it. Everybody would run out and get it. And the thing is, like, yeah, that's not the American people, bro. Like, like I don't know if you've seen any American history. <laughs> you know, it's not, you know, we're not the most trusting of the government, and we shouldn't be. Our whole nation was founded over distrust of a of a tyrannical government. And so I don't understand how how seemingly the smartest people, and I, I understand that not we don't have the, all the smartest people, in the, you know, in the government, whatever. But it seemed like the people at the the upper echelons of our society should know better on both sides. And I think it's been a messaging disaster from from day one of his presidency. And it's just um, it's unbelievable that you could do a worse job with three vaccines and already like the numbers going up as like vaccination rates were going up and cases were seemingly going down. And to have this much egg on your face. You know, it's, it's crazy to me that in the same breath, they will say things like, you know, this, this Omicron variant is resistant to our vaccines. So go get boosted. Go get boosted. Right. And <laughs> right, right, right. And I guess the thought, the thinking behind that is, and I'm not, I'm not saying I agree with it because I, I, my, I've made my vaccine positions known on the show before, whatever. I think that if you were selling it as keep you out of the hospital, that's fine. But the data doesn't support that Omicron is going to keep, put you in right, the hospital. Right. I don't know if there's been any recorded deaths. That's what blows my mind. Like, I like from the numbers that are coming out of South Africa, they they they're releasing numbers. They're not like they're people aren't dying in in, in mass, know, like over this 
strand. You know, the thing with me is be honest with the data. Right. You know, don't don't use the data to lie to me. Right. Because if you take any cause of death, any cause of death, and you striate it by age, it's going to be heavily skewed to people 65 and older. Absolutely. If you look at heart disease, you know, how many hundreds of thousands of Americans die every year from heart disease? Well, striate that by age. Right. You know, my risk as a 30 to 40-year-old is nowhere near what it is when I'm a 60 to 80-year-old. Absolutely. And, you know, cancer, same thing. You know, all of these causes of death, if you striate them by age, you know, the, the risk is greater. Right. You know, there's that, people that are at a higher risk, and the same is true with COVID. Right. It's same, and I think I've talked about that. It might have been the last time I talked about COVID when we talked about the symptoms paradox, where when you're looking and you're 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 presenting data on a chart, what when it looks like this crazy weird like it's like that doesn't seem like that should be it. But you're actually, what you're actually doing is charting two different groups of data on the same chart, right. and it what and it could appear like a trend is going up when it's actually going down if you separate by group. And so it's just it's such a weird time to be alive. I haven't weighed in in a while because I kind of got exhausted uh, for the longest and whatever time about it. But man, I just feel like I feel like there's parts of the country and I feel like there's going to have, there's, it's going to be, there's going to have some, there's going to be some political implications when it comes to the midterms about who's getting voted in, who's getting voted out. And as a conservative person, and I say this as an independent conservative, not a Republican, not a Democrat, as an independent conservative, I say that it's looking pretty good for conservative um, Senate representatives, governors, whoever's up for it or whatever, because it, it would seem that those that have taken a more lax approach to uh, mandates and, and shutting down of like schools and stuff like that are are either at the same type results of those that have the draconian measures or whatever. And it and and you gotta understand like those those people that had those things or whatever, there are other there are other costs to consider. Like I don't know, did you read anything and this is right it's been several months ago about the the the, the school systems that locked down for so long, like they ju- they basically lost an entire generation to uh, like just through the educational. Uh, you know, I, I can tell you from firsthand that's experience. Right. Yeah, as, I as can a tell teacher. you from firsthand experience as a high school teacher. We, we when, when the pandemic first hit, like most schools in the country, you know, in in March, uh, we came back from spring break, went to school like three days after spring break, and they shut it down. Right, and we did not return to in-person classroom until August. Mm-hmm. And even then we were on what was called a hybrid schedule where students were only coming to school two days a week. Mm-hmm. And then they were virtual learning uh, the rest of the time. And then there were some students, they had the option if they didn't feel safe coming back to school, parents could enroll their students 100% virtual. And that was an absolute disaster right. from an educational standpoint. So now we're back this year, 2021, 22 school year, we're back full time. All the students are in class, you know, five days a week, full time. And it is unbelievable the learning gaps that are present. I mean, th- these yeah. kids did not learn anything. Right, right. Like, I've seen studies that bear that out. And I don't know if you've seen even this week, uh, what's her name? Uh, Randy uh, Weininger, or um, she's uh, president of e- either the largest or the second largest uh, teachers union um, in the United States. She is now claiming that she's been fighting to keep schools open. And I don't I'm like, it's like, bro, we watched the whole time. Like we didn't like this, the, the internet exists. Your words are still there. We know that they were fighting hard to keep the schools closed for as long as they could, because they were getting all the government, um, 
spending when Biden them came in for and I understand that's what she's elected to do she's trying to get you know upgrades for the schools trying to get you know pay raise I, I, I get all of that but you cannot come out and claim that you were fighting for the students when you weren't you were fighting for the teachers you're fighting which, for the schools which by the way full disclosure I am not a member <laughs> of a teachers union. we get hate mail <laughs> I am not a member of a teachers union yeah well I mean they but what's funny is like so you got those guys that are doing that but I think what is what it is there's it's it's they're seeing the writing on the wall they know that their their time is up. The Virginia uh, governor election was the canary in the coal mine, and right. they they saw like they're like they're, I, th- I really believe the Democratic caucus is kind of flipping out right now because they know that even diehard blue you know uh, Democrat supporters. My Lord, the governor of New Jersey almost went down to a Republican uh, right. uh, just a few months ago. And so if it can happen there, people are like, okay, there's only a certain, there's a threshold to where we will not follow your policy, even though we've we voted this way. You know, they're, they're, and, and I think people are starting to bail, and it's really setting up. And I, I, I see I see chaos in the White House. I don't know if Biden will be able to even to, to run again in 2024. Uh, Kamala is maybe the least like, uh, likable uh, vice president in history, has no nothing to do with their gender or her race, but I mean, I'm, statistically, it's true. And and I don't know what's going to happen, but I do not, you know, as a conservative, I'm, I'm like, yeah, this is good, but man, to get what I want politically, man, I don't want like other Americans suffering for another two years, yeah. being locked out of their schools and locked out of restaurants and locked out of, um, you know, some of the things that they should be engaged in, family gatherings. I mean, it's just, it's you know, too much. You know, one, one thing, and there's a clear divide in our country, like, it, you know, whether your governor has an R or a D after his name depends on, you know, really affect, this has probably never affected your life more right. than it has right now. Right. Um, but I, I would love to see like a comprehensive study on like migration patterns over the last two years. Cause I know from the, the media that I read a lot of, you see a lot of these stories of uh, people fleeing like great uh, exodus of, of California for Texas or even Tennessee and Florida, right. New York to Florida. And you see that, but I would like to see some hard data. I, I, I can't imagine anybody, any f- freedom loving person leaving a red state the last two years and going to a blue state. I haven't read any statistical analysis on that. I would love to see like some hard facts that concerning migration right. patterns over the last couple of years. Cause I think it would be overwhelming. People are voting with, with the moving trucks with you all the last few years, you know, and, and you kind of touched on it earlier. Uh, you mentioned it quickly, you know, these red States are, are handling it a completely different way. And, and, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that, that it, things they're handling it or things, their results are better, right? But their results are not statistically different. No, that's right. Than than what's happening in the more restrictive places, and so then you've got to ask yourself: if we're not getting a different result, why would we not do the least restrictive right. thing that we right. that we can do? When you when you know, and I, and I don't think I finished that thought earlier, but yeah, when when you know that lockdowns create more disasters in other areas, like so, if the lockdowns don't save lives, like save COVID in the lives. We also have data right now. We've already mentioned it. There, we're losing, you know, educational uh, benefits for young people. But look at the suicide rates. Look at the overdose rates. The, the overdose rate. I saw this statistic the other day for, for I think ages eighteen to thirty-five. It's like double or more. Yep. overdose deaths than COVID deaths. Right, right. And so you look at that and say, okay, you know, where's where's the where's the balance? You know, where's where's the window that we're trying to to get through? It's like, okay. 
we we can I'm not saying that any deaths are acceptable like it's like hey we want COVID deaths rather than but I'm like if we're if, if you're doing just a, a sheer numbers game like where's the line it's like okay we can have a few more COVID deaths if we can get back to normal levels of, of excess deaths when it comes to like overdose. And again, you don't want any of those deaths, but it's a fact of life. You're going to have those deaths. At what point do we say, okay, this is, this is unacceptable, you know, to live like this, to, to put people through this. And I, I, I think, I think you're right, man. I think the country's, uh, I, I think they're over it, man. And I, and I, and, I, and it's not just conservatives and Republicans, man. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing some other signs, positive you, signs. You know, I, I think you talked about it in your one of your other podcasts about your position on vaccine mandate. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're, you're anti-mandate. Right? right. And and I'm the same way. Yeah. Uh, and we, we mentioned the NFL thing. And so I'm sitting here looking at it. You know, they're going to stop regular testing of asymptomatic, fully vaccinated individuals, which I right. think is a good thing. But yeah. here's, here's where I'm, I differ from them. I don't think we should treat vaccinated and unvaccinated people differently. I agree. If they're not going to test asymptomatic players, then they should not test asymptomatic players. Right. I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. And also, I think this, and this is something I mentioned the last time I talked to vaccines. Now that we're getting data on natural immunity, like the benefits conferred upon natural immunity, I, why is that not even in consideration? Why is it just vax and unvax? Like there is another group of people out there that have antibodies, and they are the they are the natural immunity that that, that have that has been conferred to them by prior infection. Why is that? If we're going to follow the science, and I'm not right. talking about the you know TM trademark science, I'm talking about actual evidence based. Like, bro, natural immunity is pretty great. You know, right. we, why, why, why does why is there not a classification of people that they've had it, they've recovered, and they should be in the same? If you're going to classify them, which you know, again, that's that's dangerous grounds already. But if you're going to start saying this and this, that's got to go into it, right? I mean, we know we can test. It's something you can see under the microscope. There's there is antibodies. There's, it's there. Right, and and there's never been a case in the United States where they have mandated a vaccine for people that have already had the infection. Right. You know, right. There, there are mandated vaccines in the United States, but they've they've always been an exception for people who've had the infection. Right, right. And and so you cannot sit there with a straight face and have me believe you when you say that we're following the science, when we have this, we have statistical analysis that's saying that that is a part of it and it should be considered. We are at 37 minutes. Dude, I could talk about this oh, for yeah, another 30 minutes. Um, but we're going to record some more episodes tonight. Thank you, Brother Crocker, James Crocker, my friend. Thank you for being with us. Oh, uh, you got anything you want to plug? Uh, the only thing I'd like to plug is our, our podcast you and I do together, Pros pros before bros podcast uh i know you've got a lot more listeners to this podcast than we have on the other one so so why don't you guys here at the kcp podcast go over there and give us a try yeah give us a try we'll put a link in the description and i've been doing it a lot longer than the 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 pros before bros i'd love to grow that audience as well i know a lot of my my listeners out there you love books like i love books it's all about books we 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 have a lot of laughs uh we have guests on from time to time so we would encourage you to go over there and do the same thing with the KCP. Uh, KCP, if you haven't already, subscribe. If it, if it offers that on your platform, leave us a five-star review uh, on both podcasts. Thank you for listening, and check in next time. God bless. You've been listening to the Kenny Chester Podcast. Please consider subscribing and leaving a review.